So welcome everyone. We're so glad that you're joining us today. Uh, I'm very excited to introduce our special guest and his name is Angel Deer. So Angel is a medicine man, trained in shamanism, plant medicine, shamanic Reiki, medical Reiki, Sufi healing, sound healing, shamanic breath work, meditation, and also Norse shamanism. So very, very deep and rich experience. And I'm super excited for Angel to share his wisdom today. Um, I love how he is combining the power of shamanism and breath work. So before we dive into learning more about shamanism and how you combine it with breath work, Angel, uh, I always like to learn a little bit more about what inspired all of our guests and all of our speakers to, to go deeper into the world of breath work. So if you'd like to share with us a little bit about you and, and uh, how your path led you to breath work. Yes, thank you, Lisa, I'm glad to be here. Um, well, I've dived in shamanism for much longer time than breathwork. Originally, you know, started uh, 15, 20 years ago and explored, you know, with different teachers uh, in Peru, in Brazil and here uh, in North America. And, uh, you know, I beautiful healings, transformations. And one day someone told me about breathwork. So it was many years ago now. And uh, I went to uh, breathwork sessions online. Uh, and in one hour, I experienced one of the most profound ceremony of my life mm. and connected to things that sometimes will take, you know, much deeper work with other modalities. And I was like so amazed by it. And I got really curious about it. And so I started practicing more. And then one day, you know, started to be trained to be a, a breathwork practitioner and now I'm training people so it's been a yeah an amazing process but mainly because I've discovered that yeah in one hour of breath work we can sometimes do uh 10 years of uh, psychotherapy work and that's really powerful <laughs> I love that it's so powerful it's amazing to hear just how how often that's the story right you do one breath work session and it's just like poof, especially when we've been doing all sorts of different types of work and it's uh it's always exciting to me to see how many people then move deeper into the breathwork practice. And I feel like in this day and age, like we don't necessarily have 10 years to sit on a cushion, <laughs> right? To begin to access these states of transcendence and self-awareness and healing. And so the more of us that are out there sharing and facilitating this work, I think the, 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 the better off we're gonna be as a species. So I love yes, that you took right. that experience and you delved it and, and I love, that you combined it with shamanism. And that's the beauty of this work too, is just seeing how different practitioners integrate their different wisdom traditions into the breathwork journey itself. So to, for all our listeners, um, I'd like to start with just asking you, for you, what is shamanism? Because I think there's many different ways to speak to shamanism. And for some people, they might not know exactly what shamanism is. So what is shamanism as far as um, your lineage? Yes, well, uh... I think for me, you know, it's a connection to the land, mm -hmm. to nature, and to the aliveness of it, mm -hmm. to, to what we could call spirit. So knowing that it's not just objects that are out there, like a stone or a river or a tree, but that's a being that is alive. And shamanism, you know, is present across all cultures, uh, all time, all over the planet. And it was, I think, this uh, expression of that connection between the people 
or the two-legged, as we call ourselves, and the other alive beings that are out there. And we can turn that in all the directions, the sky and connect to the stars, the moon, other spirits, our guides. We can turn it to the earth. We can turn it to the direction, the east, the west, north, and the south. And there is many ways to express that, to connect, uh, to reveal that connection. And in my specific uh, lineage, you know, I work with Andean cosmology. Uh, I decided over 10 years ago to work with a teacher in Peru and to explore deeply into that one path. But there is so, uh, yeah, there are many paths out there and many, many ways. But I often call it our birthright. You know, this is something that we are born with, that connection. That's something that we have experienced in the baby of our mother, that we experience as very small child. And very often society or our culture, you know, doesn't allow it or doesn't foster it. But if we were born in a native culture, if we were born, you know, in a more traditional culture, uh, that would be something that would be part of life. So I don't, you know, I sometimes people call me a shamanic practitioner and say, for me, it's a way of life. It's a way I express myself. It's a way I live my life because it's not a practice in itself. And that's what I like to see it. You know, a way of life, a birthright, a connection to all there is. Uh, something, you know, that is quite vast and hard to describe uh, and answer even the question you ask. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I hear that in terms of the vastness of it and hard to describe it. But at the same time, what I'm hearing in your share is the simplicity of it, right? Mm -hmm. That it is our birthright. Because sometimes people think of shamanism like this, like super mystical, hard thing to achieve. And the reality is it's just about being aware and connected to all of life, right? So as you say, connecting to the stone, to the river, to the moon, to the stars, and really bringing that embodied connection that it's not just these inanimate objects that we point at there's actually a living transmission and experience that we can all um just life becomes so much richer within that space so i appreciate um both the simplicity within which you share that and walk that path and i think it's important to demystify it so that it's not some elusive thing it's actually a thing that we can live in our day-to-day Right. Yes, in every breath. <laughs> every breath, exactly. So speaking of the breath, tell me how you have weaved uh, or seen the breath, like shamanism as a foundation for breath work or vice versa. How do you weave in these two practices or these two modalities? Yeah, I think it came naturally just because for me, uh, that uh, spiritual connection to what's alive is present in the way I see the world and I connect. Uh, to you know you and just everybody uh, there and as I was practicing and learning uh, breath work uh, through a school that's based in UK and I was doing my sessions with my co-students mm -hmm. all those messages were coming and all those connections were coming and when I allowed that to come into the space it gave me more tools to basically help people navigate what might come up as we do breath work. And also I've realized that, for example, when we breathe for one hour, we go through the medicine wheel of Andean cosmology. Mm -hmm. So there is, you know, four directions, like in most medicine wheel, east, west, north, and south. But the way the medicine wheel is built in Andean cosmology, 
is a reflection of life. So the four directions correspond to four stages of life, you know, from birth to death. And I realized that as the breath work starts happening, as we breathing, we somehow walking into those four doors or those four altars, as we call them. And so when I started to basically call that into the space, you know, each 15 or 20 minutes, the session became way more powerful and something deeper was happening. And also, I think it helped uh, overall to connect to all the bodies, as we call them, the physical body, the emotional body, the mental one and the spiritual one. And it's kind of normal when you think about it, because those altars were designed or revealed or <laughs> discovered uh, as a reflection of nature, as a reflection of our nature. So it's kind of logical that as we go through a practice of breath that is very powerful, and the breath is the wind element, it's in the north direction in this medicine wheel, and it's called the bridge, the mm. connection to all there is. And so you can see that if we bring the bridge and the connection to all there is, indeed, we are going to connect to the elements. Indeed, we are going to connect to all our bodies and all our medicine. And indeed, we are going to reveal maybe things that have been disconnected for a long time in our bodies, in our mind, in our psyche, and able to start working with them with the power of that breath. So they literally weave together, even if we have no knowledge of that medicine wheel. No, they're just present. And I see them happening in front of my eyes without talking about it. So that's, I think, the, the beauty of it and, and the power of it. Mm, I love that. That's really interesting. And I find that, you know, as space holders, as breath workers, the, the, the frequency that we bring to the practice so greatly impacts people's journeys, right? The space that we hold, the intention that we bring. And so it's always a beautiful mirroring when we begin to see our intentions, our lineage begin to be expressed through the breathwork journey itself. So I'm really curious, actually, when you share that the four stages of the altar are then go through the four stages that can naturally happen through a breathwork journey. Could you speak a little bit about that? I find that fascinating. Like, what are those four stages? Sure. Um, so the medicine wheel in the Indian cosmology tradition is a little bit uh, different or maybe strange for some people compared to maybe the Native American medicine wheel or other traditions, because it doesn't go in a circle, it goes kind of crossing the wheel. So it goes from the east and then we cross to the west and then it goes to the north and then it goes to the south. So it kind of makes this eight symbol, this infinity symbol, and then we return to birth. And the first door, or the first altar is in the east direction and is connecting to the fire. And in this tradition, it is said that the fire carry one prayer, which is the prayer of gratitude or what we could call the thank you prayer. And it's the first part of our life, the first 20 years of our life. Thank you. Thank you, mother. Thank you for feeding me. Thank you for this world. You know, we're, we're grateful to be alive. We are discovering this life on this planet. And then we cross the wheel. And we go into the west direction, the direction of the waters. And the waters carry the prayer of clarity. You know, if the water are flowing, if the water are clean, our own waters, not just the water of the world, then we can see clearly. We can see our reflection in our own waters. 
And you can think of it as a time in our life between our 20s and our 40s where we discover who we are, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm here about, what is this life about? So that's clarity, you know? And all the doors and all the altars, they have a shadow side. And so the shadow of the first one is anger. Mm. I, I'm not happy with what's there. You know, we, we can feel gratitude. And the shadow of the, the clarity prayer of this water prayer is confusion. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what this life is about. I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know my purpose. And then if we can pass that door, if we can pass that altar, we get to the third door, the north direction, the wind, the breath. And it is said that the wind carry the prayer of unity, that mm-hmm. connection between everything. It connects me to my ancestors, it connects me to all my medicines, to really everything there is. And the shadow there is the ego. That's what creates separation. That's what prevents me from seeing unity. And that's my 40s to my 60s, starting to feeling that connection. You know, it's like the, the wise men, the wise women birthing, really, like, you know, becoming the elder, not yet the elder, but becoming it, starting to feel this connection. And then we land in the last door in the earth, the direction of the south, so Mother Earth. And the prayer that is carried there is a prayer of love mm-hmm. or unconditional love, you know, giving without expecting anything in return, loving in the way the earth is loving. And we land in our physical body and that's where it's ending, you know, because that's where we go from at some point. And that's after our 60s, you know, and this is his door is really hard to achieve that state of complete love. It's the state of maybe the gurus, the enlightened masters, the Christ. It's like being able to sustain that. Mm. And then we forget, we die, and we come back to the first door. And so it's really this cycle. And so if you think of breath work, you know, we are really navigating that. The fire rise at the beginning, we're getting more hot, we're breathing more. And then our water starts moving. Usually our emotions come out. You know, and we start having emotional waves and, and maybe we start to see confusing things or clarity things. So we navigate in that messy door. Sometimes it's like the trickster energy is there. And then at some point, as we go deeper after 40 minutes, maybe of breathing, then we start experiencing unity. We start seeing from a very different perspective. We start connecting all the elements together. Mm. And by the end, we are returning on the earth. We return in our body. We land. And we integrate the teaching in our own earth, our own bodies. So that's, you know, this kind of beautiful eight infinite cycle that we are navigating across our whole life or that we can navigate in one hour of breath work very often. Mm. Hmm. I love that. I've never heard that before. And it, it really warms my heart because when I was younger, I studied shamanism for quite a while and I had my own altar. I traveled around my mesa and had all my, I was like in, in the lineage. And then I just kind of let go of it for a while and went deep into breath work. And so this is the first time I really hear the merging of that. And that actually does make so much sense in terms of in the breath work practice, how we bring in that fire, we bring in that intention, we activate to then move the emotion, allow that water to move through this and then connects us to truth. And then we land back into we integrate it into our bodies, into our lived experience. And then again, then it keeps going, right? So our whole yes. life journey, there's there's never a place where we got it, right? Yes. And the longer we walk this path, the more we get to see that it's never ending our, our, our growth, right? Because it is the great cosmological cycle. You know, if you think of the universe was created with that big explosion, it was fire. 
Mm. And then this earth was created with fire. You know, it was just a burning bowl. And then the waters arrived. Mm. And then the wind started to blow. And then the rain fall on the earth and the life was there. So it's like also the cycle of the great creation and of the greater creation of the universe. Yeah. And if you think of it, it's like, oh, I bring the fire to clean the water. So the fire enter, boil the water, cleanse them. Then the waters become clouds and go into the wind and the air. And then those waters, this rainfall on the earth. So it's uh-huh. also the cycles of the energies on this earth. Mm-hmm. And indeed, because we are born of it, we're made of it. Indeed, we are following the same cycles. Indeed, if we are healed and aligned and in connection, we are going to flow that way. So that's yeah. what's what I like. You know, there's so many dimensions to it. We can link just like you or me and our bodies and what's happening in breathwork, but we can also look at the creation of the universe and see the same thing happening how magical is that (laughs) amazing right and it's very humbling yeah it's very powerful it's very powerful and it really brings to life this whole concept of from the microcosm to the macrocosm and back right um yeah beautiful so in your work sometimes you refer to the sacred space of wisdom could you tell us a little bit about that please well I think, you know, very often people go to practitioners like myself or other practitioners of certain practice or even breath work to kind of get that wisdom somewhere. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're in need of wisdom in our societies because the world is quite complex and sometimes a lot of pain is out there. And so we're looking for another type of wisdom. Uh, and I like to see the sacred space of wisdom as that space where we return to ourselves. You know, I'm really not bringing that wisdom of this altar or this Indian cosmology, even if I'm studying it for over 10 years and practicing it every day, really, you carry it. You mm-hmm. carry those four altars, you carry those four elements. And so the sacred space of wisdom is that capacity for us to remember how to access it and mm-hmm. to see what is in the way of it. And so when we hold the space in a breastwork session or any kind of healing, I think our prayer needs to come from that place that you are your own healer, you are your own masters, that you carry the wisdom that is necessary. And I see that in you. Mm. I always see it. However broken you think you are, lost you are, it is right there. And the further away you are from it, the more pain there is usually. But it is still there. It is still there. And the pain is that disconnection. It's not really what's happening in your life. It's because you're far from your center. You're far from the truth. Mm. And that's what creates the pain. And the further away you go from it, the more it's going to call you. And it's calling you through that pain. You know, it's like longing to return. Mm. And that's the sacred space that we hold for people, but that we are holding for ourselves. You know, when we're breathing, when we're doing yoga, when we're doing meditation, you know, any kind of sacred practice, really, it's that return that we're calling, that remembering. So it's not a new learning. It's not someone bringing it to you. You know, it's really you rediscovering that you have this innate power. And usually that's really what can create the deepest healing because we can kind of wash away all the lies we might have received from our education, the society, that we are not enough, that we need to buy this, that we need to do that in order somehow to be whole, to be complete. 
mm-hmm. you know, and that's probably the greatest lie out there or the greatest misunderstanding you know i don't know if it's on purpose or not it doesn't really matter but it's definitely a misunderstanding of our true nature and our yeah. capacity to self-heal a hundred percent a hundred percent thank you for that generosity and i think in our work it's so important to really bring that forth right because i think so much of the healing world sets up this paradigm where People actually, they might do some healing, but it's not actually coming from within themselves, right? And so through breath work, I find that people are really able to access their inner healer to recognize they don't actually need anybody to tell them, mm. right? I mean, we, we grow in community so we can hold a space for each other to then feel safe enough to tap in and to work through whatever's in the way, like you say, of that truth of that connection to self. But I think it's such a powerful place to come from is to really empower others to be their own self-healers and I think breathwork is one of the most powerful access points um, to, to really to really bring that forth in, in, in people who are searching in the process of remembrance or who are in pain right yeah I think you know very often in in this tradition you know we often talk about not only where you are pointing your prayers or your intention so you might point it towards you know liberation healing peace getting rid, I don't know if your depression or addictions or whatever is there, but where is the prayer coming from? Mm. What is really praying? Is it, are we praying from a, a lack of self-love? Are we praying from the pain? Or are we praying already from that place that I know there's a healer there? This is the one I want to pray for that healing. So my teacher, you know, always invite me to reflect on not what I'm praying for, but where I'm praying from where is that arrow coming from mm-hmm. and that can shift our whole perspective because i'm sure many people you know that are attending this summit and go to all your beautiful offerings you know it's pointing in the right direction it's definitely pointing you know towards knowledge and wisdom and transformation but sometimes it's not happening and people don't understand why and when we return to where it's coming from very often maybe it's this prayer is coming from the belief that i'm not enough Mm-hmm. that i need to be fixed and that's what's praying so that's what's going to happen you know we're going to get stuck in that so mm-hmm. it's returning and it can be a very difficult um process to try to find where is my prayer is really coming from is it from the pain or is it from that higher self mm-hmm. is it from the knowledge or at maybe the belief that somewhere there is this hitter or is it from the place that no i am broken I don't have enough and I need to, you know, do all the things in order to get something. Mm. And that can really shift, you know, the way we look at how we pray or how we live our life because, you know, our life is really our prayer at the end, not just how we pray. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. You know, and it, I guess in different language, it's almost speaking to this, what are, what's our why, right? Is our why because we think something out there is going to save us or make it all better, right? Or is our why just to continue expanding the truth of who we are in each moment and mm-hmm. to clear whatever is in the way of that truth? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's really important to to even have that awareness because sometimes we don't even recognize that we have that choice of, of really getting connected to what our why is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a really powerful um, and there might be a lot of pain there, you know, when we look at it, when we look where it's been coming from for so long. So it can yeah. be very tender. And that's where we need a lot of compassion for ourselves, yeah. a lot of caring for ourselves, you know, a lot of really gentleness because it can be very tender space to start discovering, wow, I've been praying from that pain for a long time. 
Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's difficult sometimes to realize where it's coming from and to yeah. approach it with still a lot of love, still mm-hmm. a lot of gratitude, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of clarity, you know, really these deep needs for understanding it instead of wanting to change it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful. And it shifts it out of this idea of, of a mental thing of something having to fix and it becomes more of an embodied transmission. And, and I think, you know, when I speak to you, Angel, just really feeling that level of compassion, that level of kindness is something that I'm hearing and I'm feeling that you really have this ability to transmit from an embodied place. Like you've gone through that journey. You've gone through yes, that process. Yes, and I'm still going straight. <laughs> of course, of course. You know, <laughs> right? yes. But it, it's so beautiful to witness because it's not because so much knowledge is passed down that's not embodied, right? So, so to be able to take the tools, but actually from an embodied place is really what creates a sacred container, right? For people mm. to actually really be able to tap into that place of truth. So I really want to just bring that forth because I really feel that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I'm wondering if you would like to, our listeners love to have experiences as well, speaking of, um, and I'm curious if you'd like to guide us through uh, an experience that would have us tap into the wisdom that you bring or share through your own lineage and your own practices. Sure. I mean, we can do a, you know, a short, less than 10 minutes, maybe five to 10 minutes breath to experience it. So, you know, inviting people that are connected here, if they can lay down, it's even better to lay down on their back. Right. And just close their eyes. And just, you know, taking just a, a few seconds just to connect to every part of the body. Very often we probably been listening to that talk and we've been a lot in our head without being conscious of the somatic experience of the words, of the listening. And so feeling, you know, our chest and our solar plexus and our belly, feeling our legs all the way down to our feet and arms and hands feeling our back and our spine our pelvic bone almost like saying a good morning to our bodies like really witnessing every part of the body and we are going to breathe for a few minutes through our mouth And the way we breathe is a continuous breath, so we are going to basically never pause or hold the breath. And we're going to inhale through our mouth all the way down to our belly, so really long, deep inhale. So you open your mouth and start taking that long inhale. And then exhale. So keep breathing and witnessing at the end of your exhale to not pause. So when your exhale is finishing, I'll just take the next inhale. And on the top of the inhale, don't hold the breath, let it out and soften your body. Keep breathing in and out. Make sure those breaths are really long. It's not really about the speed, it's about the length and the depth. So imagine on the next inhale that you're sending that inhale all the way down into your legs. So expanding the reach of the inhale deep into the body and exhale and soften. Every time you exhale, just soften, relax. Make sure you keep breathing. No pausing, no holding. 
And you might start feeling some part of the body opening. So I invite you that happen to breathe into those parts. So maybe there is tingling happening. Maybe part of your body are calling you and that's calling the breath or inhale there. Maybe your hands tingling. Maybe your mouth or your lips are tingling. So on the next inhale, just breathe into that deep and exhale, soften around it. And keep going. And witness maybe the mind trying to get in the way, trying to stop the breath, try to have an opinion and return to the body. Really the meeting of your breath and the body is what we're paying attention to here. And maybe some discomfort or resistance or emotions can arise. And if there is any of that, meet it with gratitude. Embrace it and give it your inhale. So breathe into it. Could be, you know, fear or shame, sadness, joy, love, ecstasy, anything. We're just meeting with the breath in the body, the somatic experience of who we are in that moment. Keep breathing for a few more minutes. And really listen to the body and try to stay ahead of the mind, sorry. Just leave the mind on the side. Stay connected to the body sensations. And every inhale return to where the sensations are the strongest now, where it's arising. Maybe it's somewhere in your belly or your stomach. Maybe it's in your chest or your hands. That's where you send your inhale gifting your breath to that part of your body that is speaking to you and exhaling, softening, like making a crib, a soft bed around what is speaking. Keep breathing through the mouth, a few more breaths. And when you're done on the last exhale, just return to breathing through your nose, slowing down the breath when you're ready. And just staying there for a minute. Just looking at your body again, as you did before we started. Every part of the body. What do you notice? Our sensation of shift. Maybe the mind is more quiet. Maybe you feel more safe. Maybe you realize how far you were from your body today. And just sending a prayer or an intention of gratitude towards yourself, towards your heart, your bodies, your emotions, letting them know that they can speak anytime and that you're going to be listening, paying attention, be present. 
And maybe it's a very new thing, or maybe it's something you've been doing for a long time, but always reminding our bodies that we are ready to listen, that we're ready to hear that wisdom from our own earth and attend to it. Thank you. So it's a very short experience, you know, it's like just the beginning, but maybe you touch upon something or maybe something is still moving, you know, and it's so simple what we're doing. It's really being so present. The only reason things are not healing or we're not hearing wisdom or we're not connected to what we call our guides or um, truth or Clarity is just because we have lost our capacity to truly listen to our bodies. We are very much in our mind. And the mind is a wind element, interestingly enough. <laughs> it's a very masculine energy. And the body is feminine. It's a return to the feminine. It's a return to the earth. And we've lost that in our societies, but we've because we've lost it with ourselves. You know, we're very afraid and very fun. You know, we carry a lot of trauma there from our ancestors, our families, maybe something that happened to us. And that's why, you know, this practice can be so powerful because we're going to attend finally to what is speaking so loudly before maybe we get a cancer or an autoimmune disease or something so loud that we have to listen. And so we want to avoid that. And if we're there already, if we're experiencing something really difficult with our health, we can still attend to it and very often then can shift this healing process because our body knows how to heal. It knows how it just needs to be listened to. And so that's, I think, the, the power here with that breath is that return to that deep listening of our own earth, our own bodies. And we're using something that's very tantric or very shamanic. We can see it in different ways, which is that masculine and feminine energy meeting, the bodies and the breath and kind of twirling with each other and going deeper with each other. Something that is bringing us to the non-dual space of non-masculine, non-feminine, to beyond the veil, to reconnecting to what we call, yeah, maybe God or the universe or a higher self, you know, it doesn't matter the name we use. It's because we're doing this alchemical process inside and it requires no knowledge. It creates just this body and this beautiful gift we got when we got out of the belly of our mother, which is that first breath. Somehow, you know, everything was given there and then, then we didn't really pay attention how important it was. <laughs> or we just forgot, right? We forgot because it's automatic. You know, we're breathing without thinking. and But we can also control it. That's the only function in the body that's like that. Automatic and we can control you know, your heartbeat, you can, your digestion, you know, everything is isotomatic or you control like my hand, but it's not automatic. If I don't think of it, she doesn't move on its own. So the breath is a bridge because of that. You know, it's designed in our biology that we can access the unconscious of the body through that little bridge. And it's, that's why it's so powerful. You know, that's why it can change our life completely. You know, that for sure amazing my brain just went <laughs> good that's the goal i mean this is again i just i love i'm so enjoying this journey through this whole summit and really seeing you know i've been doing breath work for 
25 years, right? And every time it's just like, there's this thing that clicks, right? And so when you speak about the, the Andean cosmology and the breath being the bridge, right? And this is the first time that I've really made that connection as far as, you know, the breath is both automatic and we can control it. And that's why it's a bridge, right? And that, and just that way of, of thinking about it. And I was like, huh, that is so, such a potent observation to really- And that's why it's in all the spiritual traditions to walk mm -hmm. with the breath, you know, from yeah. the Sufis to the Christian mystic to, you know, all the traditions have always used the breath and somehow they knew, they remembered. Yeah. And that's why it's so powerful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've always understood of it as the bridge, but the the, the fact mm -hmm. that the that it's automatic and that we can control it was the first time I actually saw the the, the, the relevance of that. And that's mm -hmm. a real gem that I'm going to walk away with from, I mean, apart from all the, the beautiful ways that you weave the, the, the cosmology and the, the, the journey of the altar into the breath. I mean, what a rich conversation, um, mm -hmm. Angel. And I just... And I really appreciate also the, the way you guided us through that process of really connecting to our bodies, right? And the, our bodies are our earth, right? And as you said before, like the microcosm and the macrocosm. And so as we continue connecting to our own embodiment, then that also wakes us up to this beautiful earth that we get to call home and developing that relationship with, as you started the conversation, right? That, you know, a rock and a river, it's not these inanimate objects, there's life force and we're a part of all of it. And I think that will... You know, the more the more of us wake up to that, the more we're going to shift the course of humanity. And it's so important right now to have that. Remember. Yes. And if we go deep in those practices, uh, shamanic practices or breath work, at some point we can go into the one body. So I can rediscover that through my body, I can connect to your body when I'm in, you know, in the sacred space. Mm. That I can start feeling the one body of the earth, you know, and connect to what's needed and the wisdom that is there. So mm. this illusion of separation goes way beyond even just that little experience because we can start connecting that earth element that I am in my physical body to the greater collective of bodies. Mm. And then we understand, you know, maybe some of the teaching that says, well, until everybody is healed, we are not healed. If there's still mm -hmm. suffering out there, you know, I am still suffering and we can have an embodied experience of it, but with enough tools to be able to take care of it. And mm -hmm. the first goal is to take care of our own pain before we can address the world pain. But that's the most important place uh, to start uh, because from there we can go everywhere once we've done that work. Yeah, we have the, re the resiliency to be able yes. to. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Angel. I feel like we could talk Thank for hours. Thank you, Lisa. It was wonderful. <laughs> so just give, given the nature of, of, of these sessions, um, you know, there's just a glimpse into the vast knowledge that you carry, Angel. So I'd love for you, if you could share with all our listeners different ways that they can continue learning from um, the gift that you bring. Sure. Well, they can visit um, my website. It's called thesanctuaryheal.com. The, like a sanctuaryheal, H-E-L.com. And we offer uh, free breath work every Saturday evening, pretty much, aside from the holiday time. Uh, so if people want to experience a one-hour breath and see how it works and you know go deeper into that, we also do uh, breath work trainings if people are interesting. It's called Breathing Pathways. Uh, it's a full-on year training to become a practitioner and other things that they can discover on the on the website. So 
Yes. Uh, it's such a gift, you know, I wish everybody not just come to us, but just experience price work in general, because it's such a powerful uh, way to reconnect to everything we are been looking for. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful, Angel. Thank you so much. Um, and for those of you that are listening, I highly recommend checking out Angel's website and also seeing the magical place you've created in upstate New York. Uh, I hope one day to be able to visit you and, and to... Please, yes. Yeah, to feel just like how you're being a steward of that land in such a powerful way. And I can see the gift that is emerging from your commitment and your intention to be a space holder and a medicine man. And it's really felt. So thank you so much, Mm, Angel. Thank you. Thank Mm. you, Lisa. Much blessing to you and to all the people that are being listening to us. Thank you, Angel. So if you were to leave our listeners with one last thing uh, for them to connect, to make changes in their life, one last little nugget of wisdom, what would that be? Mm. Be kind with yourself. Yes. Be kinder. Beautiful. With yourself. Amazing. Wow. Yes, yes, and yes. So thank you so much, Angel. Thank you to all the listeners for being with us today. And uh, thank you, Angel, for your time and the gift that you bring. Thank you, Lisa. Much blessing. Thank you.